0: Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.
1: Welcome to Inner Revolutionary Radio with your host Beth Green. This is James Maynard, your co-host. Today's topic: Is there an inner revolution happening in medicine? Meet Doctors Duncan and Myers, and see for yourself. Remember the good old days when family doctors really knew you, paid house calls, and had, had time to talk? Would you be willing to pay a reasonable monthly fee for that? What if the fee also covered basic services and same-day appointments? This model does exist. Direct Primary Care, DPC, is the latest model of family medicine, and doctors around the country are experimenting with it. Because they are freed from billing insurance, they have more time for you. How does it work? How do specialists and insurance fit in? Are they all equal in their care for you? We've invited some practitioners to talk about their version of DPC, but they add another revolutionary component. They're also naturopathic doctors, incorporating nature's wisdom, alternative modalities, modern medicine, and old-fashioned doctoring. Today, find out more from Drs. Duncan and Myers, two of the three doctors whose southern Oregon practice, Siskiyou Vital Medicine, is the only naturopathic direct care clinic in the country. And now, here's Beth.
2: Hi, welcome to Interrevolutionary Radio. Well, I am so excited to uh, talk to you guys today, uh, our guests and our audience. Our audience is growing by leaps and bounds, and I want to thank each and every one of you for listening and for spreading the word about this show. So... As you know, if you've listened before, we always start with the news of the inner revolution. And take it away, James.
1: Yes, our first item of news is from bridgecommunities.org on October the 4th, 2015. And this is called Sleep Out Saturday. On November the 7th, nearly 2,000 DuPage County Illinois residents will spend a very frosty night inside tents, boxes, and cars to raise awareness about family homelessness and money for Bridge Communities' transitional housing program. The all-night event will be held in DuPage County, Illinois, in their 25 different communities.
2: Yes, I think this is incredible. You know, the, uh, the whole thing about the inner revolution is that we are trying to support those who are supporting oneness, accountability, and mutual support. And all of us are aware of the problems of the homeless. And some of us, like me, I'm afraid, are not doing much about it except turning away because I can't stand seeing the suffering. (laughs) I love the fact that there are people out there who are trying to do something uh, unique. And this this is unique because they're really trying to create a sense of oneness. You know, it's like, what does it really feel like to be homeless? I don't know if you've ever had a stupid idea like this, but I've had this idea. It's like, oh, they don't feel the cold as much. I mean, you know I know that that's not true, right? But I can't handle the idea. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, Oh, yeah, that's like saying people in the third world don't, don't get malaria or, you know, you know, that they don't get sick from bad water. We don't have to worry about that, right? That they're okay. They're healthier than we are. Well, of course, all of that is ridiculous. So, I think that this is just fantastic that people are saying – why don't we get an idea of what this feels like, you know, walking somebody's moccasins for a day, you know. So uh, this is beautiful, and especially because it's in Illinois, it's cold. So we really want to support that, that these people are really taking that approach of really trying to get a sense of oneness with people of what that experience is really like and who knows where it's going to go from there. And they're going to be using money. They're going to be raising money, I, I believe, that they're going yes. to be using to try to help the homeless. Okay. And, they're going to,
1: and they're going to use that money to uh, provide housing, employment training, mentoring, case management, tutoring, summer, tr- summer camps for kids of the homeless.
2: Isn't that great? All right. Wonderful. Wonderful.
1: Okay, our next item. This is uh, news from one of our listeners, Chris, and this is taken from CNBC, October the 1st. There's enough cash sitting in offshore bank accounts to wipe out the federal deficit, if only it were subject to U.S. taxes.
2: Can you believe that?
1: That's amazing. (laughs) Did you know that U.S. companies are saving some $620 billion by parking their profits outside the country? And this is according to the latest accounting from Citizens for Tax Justice and U.S. Perg Education Fund. Don't the ask us who they are. <laughs> a public interest <laughs> research group is uh, Perg. Okay. <laughs> Ralph, Ralph Nader started that one, by the
2: way. Oh, great! <laughs> Thank
1: you. Thanks. The overall amount of potential tax could be larger. The group said that only 57 companies disclosed the amount they would owe if they didn't report profits offshore. Apple, by the way, topped the list with $181 billion in offshore profits, a cash pile that would generate nearly $60 billion for the Treasury if subject to U.S. taxes.
2: And I just bought an iPad.
1: <laughs> the Organization for Economic. Cooperation and Development, a policy group, has made a series of recommendations to overhaul global tax laws and treaties to better capture untaxed corporate profits. The proposals are aimed at tax strategies by companies that shift money amongst subsidiaries around the world to avoid paying tax to a company's home country. The strategies include shifting assets to countries with low tax rates or booking sales in a tax haven that didn't actually happen there. Now, the next statement is even more amazing. All too often, corporations' <laughs> offshore cash isn't even offshore at all. It's right here in the United States, said Robert, Robert McIntyre, Director of Citizens for Tax Justice. So where's the good news? The wake-up call is for investors to put their savings and retirement money into companies and funds that commit to sustainable Investing, such as environmental, social, governance. Chris and her husband just moved whatever retirement that they can self-direct to PACS World Management as one example of this type of fund. People make decisions, not corporations.
2: So there it is. This is our accountabilities. You know, we're always saying, oh, God, that's so terrible. But we're talking oneness, accountability, mutual support. That means each and every one of us may be able to do something. So, uh, James, we need to stop sending our billions (laughs) to, I mean, you know, I think we need to stop that, don't you?
1: Well, you know, uh, there's this whole movement about uh, divest invest, which is uh, people who hear this news, divest your investments from companies like Apple protest. Tell them you don't like this. Tell them they need to pay their fair share. Step up to the plate.
2: That's right. Okay.
1: Okay. Our next item. This is from Healthline News dated June the 30th of this year. The future of healthcare could be in concierge medicine. Concierge medicine is a private form of practice where doctors charge patients an out-of-pocket retainer fee for full access to their services. Long thought of as a perk for the rich, concierge medicine has in recent years become more appealing for patients across income brackets. More important, perhaps, is that concierge medicine is becoming more attractive to physicians. One of the main upsides to concierge practice is the decrease in patients coupled with an increase in pay. A concierge doctor may have 500 patients, while a doctor in a traditional practice may have 2,000. The doctor with the 500 patients is on retainer and has predictable revenue. The physician also spends more time with the patient and gets to know them. The doctor with thousands of patients may be hard-pressed to form that type of relationship and is paid only when a patient comes in. It makes financial sense for a lot of doctors, and I do think it will continue to proliferate. It's a model that fits the needs of more doctors and more patients, and they're finding ways to structure it so that it makes more financial sense. This is a statement from Phil Miller, spokesman for Merritt Hawkins on behalf of the Physicians Foundation. But we are asking what happens to all the patients who don't have primary care physicians. That's only one of the questions we want to talk about today on our show.
2: Well, it was so interesting that this article came out just in time for us to do the interview because I had never heard of direct primary care. Now, by the way, you know, what, concierge medicine is a word that was used to, uh, you know, kind of in the beginning. There was in 1996, believe it or not, this has been around a long time, according to informed sources that I was reading uh, the Bloomberg report or something. Dr. Howard Maron or Marone and Scott Hall established a practice called MD Squared in Seattle, Bellevue, Washington, and Oregon. Oregon. They charged an annual retainer fee of $13,200 to $20,000 per family. See, now that's concierge <laughs> medicine. But see, that has really changed since that time in 1996. More and more of the, the uh, primary care physicians have been getting involved in uh, practices that cost 50 $69 a month for people. So it's become much more affordable and it's really changed a lot. But there's all kinds of questions because it's a new and growing field. And the amazing thing for us, I'm going to give you this little personal thing, is that we discovered this, actually not through this news item, which came out later. We discovered this because we found out that there was a direct primary care practice, naturopathic practice here in Southern Oregon. And we met, I haven't met Blake Myers yet, Dr. Blake Myers, but I have met Dr. McLean Duncan. And uh, these two guys are two of the three people who are running this practice in uh, Southern Oregon. As we've already said, uh, these are naturopathic doctors. And I was just so struck by their mission these guys are really trying to be in the oneness and they're into accountability and they want mutual support we support their practice they support us so it's a very exciting thing for us and uh, the fact that they're naturopathic doctors is is also a great thing for us because we believe in that melding of all of the intelligence that we have so they have started something and we're getting involved and we just love it but we also see that there's different kinds of practices like with the more traditional standard medical care Uh, and it's it's been fascinating doing the research on this you know trying to get ready for the show you know we've seen videos of doctors who say you should do this because you can make so much money you know and then I meet uh, McLean, and I'm sure I'm going to feel the same way about Blake. Uh, you know, these people are really interested in medicine. And, I, I, you know, I'm sure that some of the other guys are too, but, you know, some, some of these guys come across like, well, the money is the thing. And then our doctors are coming across like, yeah, this is supported to us, but this is the kind of health care we want. And, yes, I'm old enough to remember the days when doctors made house calls because <laughs> that's the way it was. When yeah. I was a little girl. So anyway, I would just love to introduce you to Doctors McLean Duncan and Doctor Blake Myers. Welcome to Interrevolutionary Radio.
3: Thank you, Beth, and thank you, James. It's great to be on the show. And uh, Blake. Thank
2: you, yeah. So Blake, I don't know you really at all, except from uh, looking at your biography and writing it up. And uh, so as we get, we have a couple of minutes. Uh, before our first break, and then after the break, it's you guys for the rest of the show. Um, so, can each one of you just say in one sentence why you feel so dedicated to this model of healthcare?
0: Uh, what sure. about I'll, you?
3: I'll take that up. I'll take that up uh, first. And I think, that, that I can not only do it in one sentence, but I can do it in one word, and that word is access. I, I, believe, I believe that everybody deserves access to um, comprehensive and continuous health care. And the DPC model has really provided me a, a, a venue and a way to provide, to, to, to give that to my community and to be of service to my community.
2: Great. Wonderful. That was uh, McLean. And Blake?
4: Yeah, I would. I would have to say that this model of care provides me to have the relationship with patients that uh, I went to medical school to have in the first place, and provide the kind of treatment and uh, medical care that I went to school to do. You know, I, I went to school to be a particular type of doctor, and all the other medical models just didn't allow me to do that. They were restrictive to that.
2: Yes. And, you know, it's very touching, really, when you talk to people who are doctors. I think many of us really can't put ourselves in the shoes of somebody else. It's like that homeless story we were just talking about. You know, what is it like for a doctor? Because we, James and I, were in a standard, uh, you know, physician's practice uh, before we signed up with you guys. And you know, you'd go in and you'd have like 10, 15 minutes with the doctor and he had no time to do anything. And you could see his stress level and he was running out the door to get to the next patient or you hadn't even finished your sentence. And I, I thought, you know, that must be really lousy for somebody who worked really hard. Who, you know, we have to believe that people didn't become doctors just to become rich. You know, the people became doctors to doctor. And to heal, and then they end up spending almost half their time working with paperwork, so um, yeah. I think it's great for us all to hear from the other side what that's like, and it feels to me like you guys are having the experience of doctoring that you were looking for
4: I, absolutely i I think everything you said is right on there's a lot of important points in there. Um, you know I think yeah, most people went to medical school to practice medicine in a particular way and then people end up getting into the sort of just the system that's been set up, especially with insurance. And if it's a primary care position, it's extremely restrictive. And pretty soon they're working in a position where they have, yeah, ten to fifteen minutes with patients, and um, they end up being stressed out and unhealthier themselves. And most of us know that if we can't take care of ourselves, how are we supposed to take care of someone else? So. When our doctor's stressed out and unhappy with it, going to work every day, of course, they're not going to be able to take care of us as well. And then we're also in a position where because of the insurance model, they only have the 10 to 15 minutes. And really all that you can do, I can tell you from doctor experience, is all you can do in that time is get symptoms and treat a symptom with a, with a drug or even an herb or whatever. Um, but you can't get to root cause and really know, who you're working with, know your patients.
2: Yes. Well, we are going to go to break, but before we do, I just want to give people a tidbit of information. In case you think this is a very small thing, I'm going to give you some statistics here. And it's direct primary care is becoming increasingly popular. The number of physicians providing direct primary care has grown dramatically since 2005. In 2005, there was 146, according to this chart, right, from Bloomberg, from the heritage.org. Then in 2010, it was 756. And two years later, 756 in and it's 4,400 in 2012. I wonder how many there are today. So anyway, we're going to go to break now. And when we come back, we're going to find out much more about this. And you need to uh, really listen to this and see if this is something that's available to you and could work for you.
1: Transform yourself and your world. Check out Beth Green's online community theinnerrevolution.org where you'll find effective support to become the person you really are. Find a variety of activities, including men's, women's, and family groups, low-fee counseling, workshops, events, and free support. Subscribe to our newsletter and receive a free PDF of Beth's book, Living with Reality. Meet a group dedicated to galvanizing the inner revolution sweeping our world, all at www.theinnerrevolution.org.
2: I'm Beth Green, and I want to help you revolutionize yourself and our world. Take advantage of my powerful intuition in a private consultation that will amaze you. Discover my five books, three CDs of original music, school of intuitive counseling, upcoming workshops, trainings, and community. Sign up for my newsletter and get a free PDF of my book, Living with Reality. Tune into Inner Revolutionary TV, my channel on voiceamerica.tv. Find this and more at my website, theinnerrevolution.org.
1: You're tuned in to Inner Revolutionary Radio with Beth Green and co-host James Maynard. To share your questions and comments, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to Inner Revolutionary Radio.
2: Welcome back to Interrevolutionary Radio, and today we are talking about direct primary care, and we are also going to be talking about naturopathic medicine, because if you tuned in a little bit late, you may have missed that there is this really kind of fascinating, exciting, and growing new model of medicine, and we have with us today the only naturopathic direct primary care practice in the country. And we are lucky to have these guys talking to us. So uh, Dr. Blake Myers and Dr. McLean Duncan are with us. So, uh, Blake, tell us a little bit more from a personal perspective how you got into medicine and particularly naturopathic medicine.
4: Hmm. Well, uh, it's a fairly long story, but to shorten it up, I guess, I was in the military after high school, I was a medic, and I worked in the emergency room and uh, clinics, and various clinics in the Army. And that's when I decided I wanted to be a doctor. I went to Iowa State University after the Army, and I started witnessing, especially with my grandparents, certain things with my grandparents, the way they were being treated medically, sort of medicine practiced on them, not with them as part of the process, and I started questioning if I wanted to go to school to learn that and what else was there and started searching for natural medicine on the Internet to see what there was and found naturopathic medicine and naturopathic doctors had never heard of that. and No kidding,
2: you found it on the Internet?
4: I found, yeah, Bastyr University, which is where we all three of us in the practice went to medical school there.
2: Yeah, but isn't that amazing that you discovered naturopathy on the internet? What an amazing yeah. tool this is. So, yeah, so you didn't grow up in a hippy dippy family where people used herbs and all that kind of stuff. You were just looking for something different from not that I'm putting those people down, by the way. <laughs> uh, so, I just want to make perfectly clear. I'm not, I'm just making the contrast that you came from, I guess, you know, a a family that wasn't even familiar with that kind of alternative medicine, and you had this experience that turned you off to traditional medicine and made you want to find something else. I think that's a very interesting story.
4: Yeah, it is kind of amazing. I grew up in a town of 8,000 people in rural Iowa, so I was not exposed to the natural realm of things, I guess you could say, in medicine.
2: (laughs) Right. So what about you, McLean?
3: You know, um, my similar uh my I have a similar story actually um I grew up in a very conventional household um, I joined the military and i and I got experience um as an oral surgeons assistant so I got into the medical field a little bit and then after getting out of the, the airport, wait wait
2: wait I- wait wait you started as an oral surgeon's assistant you had not gone in there with the intention of doing medical stuff
3: no was, no, not at all not it at was all. just I mean, coincidental
2: loaded, sorry. That it was just coincidental.
3: <laughs> yeah, it was just absolute coincidental. It, it was—it's it, <laughs> the universe guiding me in, in some um, some way that I was unaware of. But you know, I got interested in, in medicine, and, and I—you know and people's experiences in the dental office is horrible. You know, I hear horror stories <laughs> about going to the dentist, and, and I was able to help people—you um, know—remain calm and, and, and improve their experience. So it got me interested in, in the healthcare industry. So I'd actually. Um, uh, got out of the Air Force and went to school to be a dentist. Um, but during my, my journey towards dentistry, unfortunately, my, my stepfather was diagnosed with uh, colon cancer, and I was a witness to his treatment and his his options medically, so it got me curious as to what else is out there. I started, I started looking for alternatives and just, you know, are we really supporting his body um, entirely? Uh, I remember... You know, one of his prescriptions was go home and eat as much as you can because you're going to lose weight with the chemotherapy, and you know, eat the ice cream and the sugar, and it just didn't no. make sense to me. And so no. I started doing some more research, and much uh, like Dr. Myers, I got online and and I found uh, Bastyr University and a few other medical schools in in uh, in the country, and and that's kind of how it all started. And,
2: so, but wait, 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 wait. So, did, were you looking for a naturopathic uh, university or were you just like exploring completely blind like Dr. Myers was?
3: I was kind of going at it blindly. I had no idea that, that naturopathic medicine existed, I didn't know that there were such things as naturopathic doctors. It, it was completely uh, mind blowing and it, it took me a little bit to really grasp what that, what that meant. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I I, um, I visited Bastyr University. I, I definitely did my research um, going into natural medicines. Coming from a very conventional background, I was you know I was very um, um, I was very curious as well as guarded. You know, I was uh, you know I've been trained conventionally. I've been oh. studying medicine on the other side. You know, what is this? What's herbal medicine? What is homeopathy? What is nature cure all about? These things were very foreign to me. But I, I had a good feeling, I visited their clinic, I vetted them very well, and, um, and then the rest is kind of history.
2: So you were kind of skeptical. Absolutely. I, I love this story. I just love this story. By the way, I have to put in a plug for James. Okay, James, everybody has to know that you taught hypnotherapy at bastor University.
1: That's <laughs> true. That's I, true, I did. We
2: won't, tell, we won't tell them when.
1: <laughs> right. but there was a time when i was living in seattle and uh i taught that uh, course in uh hypnosis so that people who are practicing naturopathic medicine could use that tool to relax their clients and perhaps help them get to the root of their problems
2: you know it is so wild i, I think you know how the universe works that you know james was there and blake was you know a medic, and, you know, just Googled whatever, and McLean <laughs> also, and that we're all here. We are in their practice. And, uh, you know, in a way, I wish you had become a dentist because I'm terrified of going to the dentist. Uh, but, uh, you know, from now on, I'm going to see if I can have a house call at the dentist's office when I- <laughs> try to get the to, Clay- <laughs> <Absolutely. laughs> to go with me because I just like panic totally. So um, now when you started this, though, you were expecting to use the typical medical model, right, when you uh, were in school. So when did that change for you?
3: Um, well, I guess I'll answer that, um, at least for, in, for, my, for myself. Um, I, in school, you're required to um, shadow or, or preceptor with various uh, clinicians in your communities. And one of the clinicians that I ended up preceptoring was a Okay, wait, wait, wait,
2: wait, wait. Could you translate that into human?
3: What is preceptor? Basically, as a medical student, you're supposed to go and spend uh, a certain amount of time with different physicians. So you get a feel for medicine. You get to see how different um, approaches are taking. Uh, You get to see different... Um, pathologies or different illnesses with people so it kind of gives you a little more experience and um, one of the one of the physicians that I followed around um, he he was seeing 30 to 40 patients a day and there were literally times in his in his day that people were breaking down and crying I mean they were in so much pain and they had so much there was so much agony and confusion and he had just so little time that he would end up leaving the room as the person was was breaking down and essentially crying in the office. He just had to leave and I was appalled by that. So a lot of the times I ended up just leaving the, the, let the physician go and I would (laughs) stay in the office and Kind of, you know, talk through with the with the patient, oh, what's going on, and, and it, now, it really Now, was this me. Were
2: these naturopathic doctors? I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but no, I just this wasn't to
3: this wasn't an naturopathic physician. This was a, you know, we were we were um, encouraged to go and, and visit uh, medical doctors and and uh, D.O.s and chiropractors, and you know, just get a, a kind of a um, a sample of all
4: yeah, the, okay. the medical
3: field. So this this particular physician was a, a, a medical doctor. And so when I, when I saw that I, when I experienced that, I thought, there's got to be something better. you know it, he's running the the conventional model it's it's the insurance game that Dr. Myers was talking about before, where you're almost required to to, to run these 15 minute um, appointments so that you know you can cover the overhead and you can and um, you know the the nature of the game is you have to see so many because the insurance companies really. Don't like to pay the physicians um, for the appointments, so I, I knew there had to be something else out there. And an almost like divine intervention, um, driving back to the to the school, I was going back to class, and there was an NPR program on with a physician that was running concierge practice, and he was talking about that on NPR. So it kind of blew my mind that I had had this horrible experience, and then mm. on the drive back to school, I hear there's there's this answer, there's light at the end of the tunnel, there's something <laughs> that I might be able to utilize to really make a difference in people's lives and not have to run the mill.
2: Now, were you guys friends at school? Were you they, were you there all at the same time?
4: Uh, we, yes, were. we were, and my, uh, my wife and I actually met at Bastyr University and got married our third year in the program, her fourth year in the program, so... And then I was in the same class as Dr. Duncan, so we all kind of formed an alliance, you could say, around bringing high-quality medicine to the community.
2: Because your wife is the third partner in this practice.
4: Yeah, Dr. Sarah Sue Myers.
2: Yeah, that's very cool. So when you made this discovery, uh, McLean, did you bring it to your friends and say, guess what? Did any of you think of dropping out? by the way, before you made this discovery?
3: Um, I, I had never, it had never crossed my mind to drop out of the program. Um, okay. But interestingly enough, I, you know, that was, when I heard the program, the NPR program about concierge medicine, that was about my second year of medical school.
0: Mm-hmm. And
3: by the time I had graduated um, and, and, and finishing with a program and thinking about moving out and starting a practice, I had kind of forgotten about the concierge. It was it was in the back of my mind somewhere, mm. and it was actually brought up to me by by a member in the community who had experienced it in a different city. And I, I thought, oh my God, this this is it. I, I remember hearing <laughs> about this. I need I need to look into this more. And so we've we've our practice has evolved from a cash um, based practice, you know, time of service type. Uh, model to a, a direct primary care model, and it did go through a concierge evolution, and concierge and direct primary care are, are a little bit different, so that's maybe something to highlight, um, so, uh, yeah.
2: Well, would you like to share what the difference is?
3: Yeah, yeah sure. I'll, the concierge medicine is, um, like you said at the beginning of the program, you, know, you pay a monthly fee or a yearly fee, and that's, that's the retainer to keep the physician on retainer. Um, but along with the membership retainer fee, they also bill insurance. So really the, the fee is going just to hold the, uh, the spot for you in the practice. It doesn't really take care of um, the care that you're receiving. And, in, and the insurance is still billed, so we're just perpetuating this, mm-hmm. this cycle and this, um, this system that doesn't really promote um, prevention, uh, wellness, long-term health solutions, the type of thing that we're interested in, especially as naturopathic physicians, it just didn't, it didn't meet the requirements. So we ended up evolving and finding the direct primary care model, which has really unlocked our ability to, to practice oneness, accountability, and mutual support.
2: Well, you know, I think it's what you're talking about is so important for us as consumers. I'm a consumer. I'm not a a doc. Well, I'm also a provider in the sense that I've done uh, counseling for over 30 years. And I understand that everybody needs to be well. I mean, this is part of our belief system. If we're not all well, then none of us is well. And our doctors have to be well and they can't be stressed and they need to feel good and they need to feel good about what they're doing. Uh, And some of the videos that I was watching and preparing for the show, in the people who are like the regular MD types, you know, some of them talked about that they got to the point that they were thinking about dropping out of medical school. And I think part of the problem that we've been seeing is, because, you know, one of the questions that we even raised in our news at the end of revolution is what are you going to do with all those people who don't have primary care physicians if everybody starts using this model? and And what it seems like is we've got to hurry up and get people on board to want to be primary care physicians so that we will have more people who are happy doing the work they're doing and will be providing better service for their their patients Uh, rather than saying, well, we have to stick with the old model because uh, we have no place to stuff people. I mean, it's kind of uh, very difficult. Also, I think I want to throw in that, and I don't know if you guys can speak to this, but... um, the, under the federal health care law, the Affordable Care A- Act, otherwise known as Obamacare, DPC practices will be able to operate in state-based health insurance exchanges. So some of these uh, groups are working with insurance, and there are some people who are also trying to work with Medicare because it brings up problems like for us, we have to pay for Medicare, we have to pay for supplemental insurance, From Medicare, and we have to pay for a drug plan through Medicare, and then we also have to pay for, uh, you know, direct primary care because this is what we want to experience. And so right now, it seems to me like there's a lot of complexity in trying to work out all these details, and a lot of people are probably experimenting with different models to figure out how this thing could work.
4: You know, there is... um, there's people that are trying to take a direct primary care practice and put it... Um, there actually is one in Seattle that's done this. Uh, that They're on the insurance exchange. I think it's a little confusing sometimes because people think, oh, well, this is an insurance, but I can go on the insurance exchange, and it's an option. So basically, people get a catastrophic plan, and then they get a direct primary care clinic on board. And... Uh, that's not available in Oregon, but really uh, what we encourage people to do is get a high-deductible plan and use us as uh, their membership and basically have 90 95% of their health care that they would ever need covered because we're even doing minor surgeries and covering most urgent care things. So the idea is for a fraction of what your deductible would be, you can have all of your health care covered. And then, you know, God forbid something happens that you need to go to the hospital, the emergency room. The you you still have your insurance there, and and you're covered under the Affordable Care Act by having the insurance plan still.
2: Yes, I'd like to for people to get more information and understanding about how this works. We are going to uh, our final break, uh, but stick around because. This may be something that you're interested in or that you want to let people, you know, your loved ones in other places know about. Because I think a lot of us, I mean, we've talked about the frustrations from the doctor's perspective, but, you know, from the client's, the patient's perspective, you know, you can wait like months to get an appointment and then you walk out and you said, "Who? Where, was I there? did uh what did i what, what happened and uh we're not necessarily getting the kind of care that we need either so uh stick around we're going to take our final break and we'll be back I'm Beth Green, and I want to help you revolutionize yourself and our world. Take advantage of my powerful intuition in a private consultation that will amaze you. Discover my five books, three CDs of original music, School of Intuitive Counseling, upcoming workshops, trainings, and community. Sign up for my newsletter and get a free PDF of my book, Living with Reality. Tune into Interrevolutionary TV, my channel on voiceamerica.tv. Find this and more at my website, TheInnerRevolution.org.
1: Transform yourself and your world. Check out Beth Green's online community, TheInnerRevolution.org, where you'll find effective support to become the person you really are. Find a variety of activities including men's, women's, and family groups, low-fee counseling, workshops, events, and free support. Subscribe to our newsletter and receive a free PDF of Beth's book, Living With Reality. Meet a group dedicated to galvanizing the inner revolution sweeping our world. All at www.theinnerrevolution.org. You're tuned in to Inner Revolutionary Radio with Beth Green and co host James Maynard. To share your questions and comments, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now back to Inner Revolutionary Radio.
2: Welcome back to Inner Revolutionary Radio. Well, today we're talking about an inner revolution in healthcare, believe it or not, and we are interviewing Dr. Blake Myers and Dr. McLean Duncan from the Siskiyou Vital Medicine. I can never remember anything. Center. So I, anyway, you'll correct that. Um, and we're talking about direct primary care, which is this. New model that's not even that new, but it's been around a while, but it's really growing by leaps and bounds about providing primary health care. But before I find, we find out more about, for instance, what these guys are offering, I'd like to ask the question that I had to ask and that I had to ask McLean. It's like, okay, what about you know, insurance and for people like us? Supposing I need a specialist. What what do I do? How do I handle all the financial problems? Because, I mean, some of these direct care are only charging $50, $69. These are the medical models. Of course, a naturopathic doctor who's actually giving you treatments and services would have to charge more. But this is not that expensive. But for people adding all that up with other insurance, you know, it can be tough on people. So can you talk a little bit about how do you answer that question how do you get all of your many, many health care needs met when you're putting money into a specific practice? And what happens if you go out of town and all that stuff?
3: Okay, that's that's a, that's a great question. And, um, you know, you you touched on the 69 to $50 a month. And, you know, as a naturopathic clinic, we do charge a little bit more and, and we do take the time and we, we use a lot of... Uh, kind of restorative and regenerative um, therapies and really develop um, treatment plans for people that are looking long term and our our plans are usually, well our plans are uh, will cost you about a third of what a, a typical deductible is. So let's talk about your deductible. Most people have a three thousand, five thousand dollar deductible and going to the physician whether it be your primary care physician or to a specialist or to um, urgent care or the ER you know you 're really paying out of pocket you really don't have insurance until you spend that three thousand five thousand dollars so mm. we're mitigating just as dr. Myers had mentioned we 're mitigating um, ninety to ninety five percent of that risk now insurance you know in this country we think of health insurance is some sort of um, some sort of vehicle for which we receive Care and even you know uh, primary care, which which is kind of um, which is kind of ridiculous if you think about your car insurance. So your car insurance, you have it in case you get into an accident. You don't use your 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 auto insurance to to change your tires or change your oil, or, you know things like that. More of the maintenance stuff. And 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 we'd like for people to start thinking about their health insurance as something they use for accidents. It's something that is there in case something um, happens that you know you need to go to the ER, you need surgery, you need to see a specialist. But we but as I said, we're, we're mitigating those risks. We're keeping you from having to go to the ER. We're we're helping you um, be more preventative about your care and and really working on the foundations of health. Now, our practice does cover urgent care, so that's a that's a big deal. You know, if if people. Um, are out working in their yard in the weekend, and they fall off the ladder, and boy, they really hurt their back, or you know, they got they got a cut or something. Come in, come into our clinic. You know, we will meet you at the clinic, or we'll even make house calls and make sure that you're okay and and triage you. So if you do need to go to the ER, we'll make sure that that trip to the ER is is seamless and. Um, as time efficient as possible, it really makes a difference when a physician can call the ER and tell them, hey, I have a, a patient coming in. This is what happened. And they're already ready for you. So you avoid the wait, the long waits in the emergency room. And then um, most of the time, we can just take care of whatever you need in our office. And it, we don't charge you anything extra, which is great. Which is you know, free. this is such a...
2: Yeah, go ahead. Sorry.
3: No, I was just going to say that not having to charge somebody for a procedure that we've done, or um, you know, for the, the, the materials that we've used, it just feels so good. There's no, there's no, no longer a financial barrier between um, me and my patients.
2: You know, that is so, so touching. And I'd like to speak as uh, now as a person who's just a, you know an ordinary person. I remember as a young person, I was sick. And I was very poor. I had no insurance. And I went to a doctor because I was having a major problem. And he said to me, if you had money, I would give you a blood test. But since you don't, just take these pills. <laughs> and I swear to God, that's exactly what the conversation was. And I'm sure that the doctor didn't, you know, he his hands were tied. And, you know, as when you guys, the, the sincerity and the depth that you feel about your practice is just palpable. You know, you can feel it. And I think that one of the inner revolutionary things about what you guys are doing, especially as naturopathic doctors, but I'm sure medical doctors, many also are feeling the same way, is that they're there to give us good health rather, because I know this has been said over and over, instead of somebody getting paid for having you come into the office and have a problem, you get paid for keeping people well. Your your income depends on keeping people out of your office. <laughs> you know what I mean? Not that you're discouraging people from coming, but you're saying you're coming to make people well. And, uh, you know, I, I have these um, experiences over and over where I go to doctors and they are recommending useless procedures because they feel like they have to cover their asses. Or, uh, you know, because that's what Medicare requires or this is what the insurance company requires and uh, it's it's so obvious to me that this is not right that this is wasteful and uh you know you get sent to a specialist sometimes because the the doctor is doesn't have the time or the opportunity to really research what's going on You, you just get shunted along or it's part of the system it's where this system works and i can feel the difference in your attitude that you really have a dedication to providing the health care that people need to stay healthy. And for somebody like me who isn't healthy, to provide me with the health care that I need to get healthy. And I, I can feel that. And I think that is a revolution in the way that we have been experiencing medicine. Maybe it's not a, a, a revolution in the way that medicine is supposed to be, but for so many of us, that's the way we experience medicine, or we go to the doctor and we just assume we're going to be waiting a half an hour before well, we I, get to...
3: But, you know, get, you raise some really good points, and we're really passionate about um, about prevention and wellness, and and I have to say that the the current ACA or the Obamacare is really a disease-based model. You know, we're we're really... Just kicking the can down the road um, and we 're not really focused on prevention and wellness and, and as a direct primary care physician our our mission or part of our mission is to spread the the information and the education out there so that the entire country knows that this is available and you're going to receive uh, quality and continuous health care that really focuses on prevention and not disease let's let's really treat the root cause, and this speaks directly to naturopathic medicine, treating the root cause, removing those obstacles to cure, and, and really developing a treatment plan that can work for you and be sustainable, and it's not a, a pill and another pill and then another pill and then, and then surgery. Um, you know, let's let's talk about what are the foundations of health. How can we set you up for success? Let's start thinking long-term about these things. So really, we're trying to revolutionize the healthcare industry and get other doctors, whether they be MDs or DOs, but refine, re, refine their passion for medicine, get them involved with their patients, may, have them make those personal connections like we're making, and, and make a difference in people's lives. This will not only help people um, with their health, but it's going to help the economy. I mean, we can put back millions and millions of dollars back into the economy by practicing good preventative medicine.
2: Are you guys uh, reaching out to other naturopaths, or are other naturopaths reaching out to you? Uh, I, I, in, in other words, are you actually trying to help the field change?
4: That is one of our missions, is to really bring this to the naturopathic medicine community. Um, I think that there are some obstacles to naturopathic medicine being a primary, primarily used uh, Part of medicine in this country, and I think part of it is that um, insurance is particularly restrictive to the some of the ways that naturopathic doctors would you know choose to treat people especially some of the more time intensive therapies like uh, constitutional hydrotherapy and um, these sorts of things and it's also um, if people choose not to use, to take insurance as a naturopathic doctor, well then they have to charge a pretty decent Uh, fee for service and that's just not sustainable. And, um, so I think that this actually is the answer for naturopathic medicine to be a widely utilized part of the healthcare system in this country. And, and as naturopaths, you know, we focus so much on the preventative and wellness piece like Dr. Duncan was talking about. And that's such a huge part of the direct primary care movement in general is that now people are incentivized to go to the doctor. With other models of medicine, it's kind of de incentivizing people to actually go routinely for wellness and preventative visits because you know they have a high deductible and they're paying out of pocket for each time copays and all of that. But now you're paying your flat monthly fee, and in our practice and most direct primary care practices, that's unlimited visits. It's come in. As much as you need to, or you know as much as we recommend you come in so that for the next couple months, I want to see you four times the next two months so that we can work on making these sustainable types of changes, and that's really the way that prevention and wellness is cultivated. So it's a yes. big change for, the, for the, the way medicines practiced in the country.
2: And you guys do blood tests, and you can do a lot of things. And I, I don't know if that's different. We're uh, we believe it or not, we're running out of time. But uh, you can do so many things that uh, regular MDs can do in Oregon. I don't know if that's true across the country.
4: Depends on the state, definitely. Yeah, uh, we're fortunate in Oregon, Washington. Uh, we have really large scopes of practice, but yeah, we're trained in the same areas as conventional medical doctors. We have all the conventional training, labs, imaging, um, all of the ology classes, you know, rheumatology, (laughs) gastroenterology, all that. But there's really additionally so much in terms of a philosophy of how do we support the body's ability to heal and what sorts of therapies uh, do we know traditionally that, that work for that, as well as what is science showing us all the time? There's so much in the way of Understanding from, from like a functional medicine type of perspective, you could say with science now what actually stimulates the body's ability to heal. It's, it's much, far, it's very far beyond just treating symptoms now. If we're really you know doing our homework.
2: I think this is so exciting, and it seems like the, this revolution needs a further revolution because so many of the treatments that you guys offer are not typically covered, like uh, you know drugs. We if we could buy all kinds of supplements, and we can't deduct it off our income tax. So the you know the, so far the system is stacked against it, but it seems like. There are changes afoot. And I see, oh, my God, we are like down to the wire. And I have to tell you guys about what we're going to do next week before I say goodbye to our wonderful guest. Well, I don't know if you guys have listened to our show from last week, which was about tackle football. And it was all about, you know, the violence and the concussions and the physical damage and all of that. And we got so inspired that we wanted to offer an alternative, and we talked about it on our show. We call it the unleashing the power of kids by mobilizing them through fitness, cooperation, service, and thought. And this is kind of like prevention also. It's like, we, you know, we get so overly competitive in our world and we're so overstressed and there's so much violence and we're saying, hey, we can make a difference. We can start training kids differently to have different kinds of experiences and we have a lot of ideas about it. Well, we're going to have a show about that next week on the 22nd. And Helen Hillocks, MFT, she's a marriage and family therapist and she's also the lead of our campaign Unleashing the Power of Kids. This is preventative emotional health. (laughs) <laughs> social mm-hmm. health and also physical health because if people feel safe and well if we, if we start changing our social relations at an early age people will not feel so stressed and scared and that's going to be a great boon to our health so I think it's going to be a wonderful segue from this show so tune in next week if you want to find out how to unleash the power of kids and you'll find out about our exciting, exciting program but I want to thank you guys so much so much uh, doctors Blake Myers and Doctors McLean Duncan for coming and talking about your practice and I hope that some of you out there have been re-inspired that there are doc- caring doctors out there and that there are changes afoot and let's keep those changes coming so thank you so very much
3: yes thank, thank you. you so much for fun. thank you
1: Thank you for joining us for this edition of Revolutionary Radio with Beth Green and James Maynard. The next episode will broadcast live next Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. And don't forget Revolutionary TV on voiceamerica.tv. Think outside the box and join us.